Well, hello, folks, and welcome to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national soccer team. I'm Clayton Fujimura, and I'm a rapper. I'm Ty Fujimura. I'm a web designer. And the we love the Nats. Did you know that? Hell yeah. <laughs> it's We the People. It's We the People. It's We the People. It's We the People. Get on in. It's We the Peeps. Welcome, as per usual, uh, to the to to your favorite American soccer podcast. We know that. You know that. All of you out there, um, we, we we love hearing from you. Reach out to us at WTP Pod if you enjoy this <laughs> show, uh, and if oh, you especially enjoy the show, us. shoot us a five star review on iTunes because that's what's up. We are convened today after what was a um, a pretty epic fishy report after what was a pretty epic World Cup. We are convened today to venture further into that which is. The Nats. Ty, how how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm pumped for the season to start. We had our first of the uh what what, what do you call those games? The 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 charity shield uh and variants. You've got the Italian Super Cup. I think it's the French Super Cup that uh little Tim Wea started and scored in. Yeah, I saw uh, little Tim Wea on the TV at the yeah. restaurant. So, so we have these, we have these, you know, glorified friendlies that are, that are just, um, just get you even more, your appetite even more whetted for, wetted. for the it's actual wetted. games to begin. It's my, wetted. my appetite be so whetted because I had to watch this, this world cup, which, you know, it was great, but it didn't have any fucking yanks in it. You know, not at the yanks. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know yanks. what they were doing. What the, what were the world cup writers up to? No yanks <laughs> involved. So now they're writing, they're writing a larger involved. narrative. It's a trilogy, which, which concludes yeah. in 2026. And so, so th- this, this episode is return of the yanks, which is <laughs> when the Americans actually come out to play. And I can't wait to see Josh Sargent get Bundesliga time. I can't oh, wait to yeah. see if, if, uh, if Tim Weah can continue to keep Neymar on the bench like last weekend. Um, <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> easy, dog. Easy, Oh, easy. man. So but it's, it's going to be a great season. I'm pumped. It's never been a better time to be a U.S. men's national soccer team fan because the pain is, is past. We're, we're back at score zero, just like everyone else. And Let's we've, do this thing. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but we, we've, we've done some things in the intervening time that have been helpful. We've not done some things that might have been helpful, as far as the public knows. Yeah, let's, can we do um, a quick macro on this one? Because if there was macro. no tournament, there, was, there would have been a lot more uh, discussion about the whole development of things on the on mm. the sort of bureaucracy side of our of this team that we love so much i'm talking of course about uh the the election of Car- carlos cordero that one's so hard to get out it's like the he who shall not be named <laughs> maybe this is a bad <laughs> sign about this guy i don't know i don't know so the guy gets elected and then and here we are like a few months later coachless dave sarikin i suppose is still the coach uh tab ramos i imagine it pulls all the strings as as has always been the case i don't know ty what the fuck is going on up there i i i know there's motion but uh, as a as a everyday fan i don't really know what the fuck is going on back there yeah yeah so and then uh it's kind of hard to remember a time before the 2018 
World Cup official World Cup in Russia 2018. Um, but 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 there was, and there was a, 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 a tragedy, a tragic a tragic loss in in Trinidad last uh, last fall. That uh, loss, which you know, if you're a newer national team fan, you've kind of heard of, but but not you you won't remember directly. Um, and and God bless you. Never watch it. Never watch. Uh, that sent ripples throughout the entire U.S. soccer framework. Ugh, I want to live. I want to live in the universe where I discover where I now discover like Tim Weah, and I'm like, I want to be a fan of the Nats, and I get this clean slate I, of I baby know. Nats. I, I want to be absolutely. you. If that's you, I want to be you. <laughs> well, but what's what's great? I mean, what I love about this situation is I sure hope there are people out there who who are in that spot and that we can be a part of your your uh your growth into into enjoying this team and learning about it so so apologies to to those of you who who kind of know this stuff but I'll I'll recap um the former president of US soccer Sunil Gulati the president of US soccer is an elected position that has a a more complex algorithm behind the voting block structure than the FIFA rankings and it's, the yeah. SATs combined. It's like uh, it's like getting up the aggro crag. There's like many moving yeah. parts. <laughs> yeah, there are blinking lights. There is. You gotta hit the button. Uh, you forget to hit the button. You slime. gotta go back. <laughs> yeah. The guy jumps Pump out with the there, mask, batting <laughs> people back. Um, by the way, side note: nobody's getting up that aggro crag faster than Hope Solo. She oh, will cut hell you. No. She if will it actually cut was you. an aggro so, crag, she would anyway, be the, um, yeah, the, be the incumbent forever. president of U.S. soccer, Sunil Gulati, who did absolutely incredible things for soccer in this country. Sure. Need, you know, longtime fans will will understand the 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 long arc of of U.S. soccer, and that Sunil had a tremendous part to play in all of that, and became the most powerful American in in the sport, and still remains a member of the shadow FIFA executive committee cabal Somehow. that runs all banks, media, and global commerce. Um, <laughs> but so, so anyway, Sunil's still around in that capacity, but he resigned as, I or it, like it didn't I've, really resign, but he, he elected to, to not run again for president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thing, things started to look bad for Sunil. He, he decides to duck out. Pardon the interruption. Yeah, he, he, decides, he like, decides to not run again yeah. as U.S. soccer president. Don't you get the uh, feeling that, like, the, the like, Sunil Gulati was like, 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 one of my friends once said, Yale Divinity School is the back door into Yale. And I feel like there's some <laughs> Illuminati situation that Sunil was like, you know, the U.S. men's national soccer team is really the back door into that secret society. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what kind of Bacchanalian... Uh, situations are happening behind that executive <laughs> committee by the oh, way just quick quick side note you can google the the room that the fifa executive committee meets in and it is like almost one-to-one with the the uh the dr strange love command center that where they decide whether they're going to launch nuclear weapons or not uh it's basically like every super villain's layer so combined um... it's like dr evil shit <laughs> That's worth a Google. But anyway. And, and also, so Sunil decides Sunil, not to run here, again. You know, we love you, Sunil. I, we, we, we are are certain that your intentions are pure and good, and we'd love to have you on the show. I, I actually that out think that that's true. And I think yeah. Sunil got got a bad... Uh, he, I mean, he, he, made, he made mistakes. He made big mistakes. 
and a lot of them have come out since since these uh, incidents. But if, if you get you know ridiculed for your mistakes, you should get credit for your successes. And the fact is, U.S. soccer wasn't even in a position where they could blow a presumptive World Cup qualification before Sunil was was a sure. part of it. So, sure, yeah. um, so you know, credit. Uh, but the the selection took place, and since it was an open election with without uh, this this incumbent candidate. It seemed like we might have uh, uh, some more significant change, regime change on our hands. And there were a number of reform candidates, including Eric Winalda and Kyle Martino and the aforementioned Hope Solo. Um, and none of those candidates managed to, um, to, to, to crack enough of the, the vote that they could actually get elected. And the, the, it, it ended up kind of coming down to two candidates. One was uh, Kathy Carter, who is the, I think, former president of Soccer United Marketing, which is the marketing arm of the U.S. national team and of MLS. So she was kind of the money sort of finance nouse candidate. And then Carlos Cordero, who um, who also has a, a financial background, but was uh, more on the organizational side of, of the game and was had acted as Sunil's vice president, I believe, for two years, the, the prior two years. So so he was more of the uh, sort of establishment candidate. Now, that said, for some reason, uh, Sunil uh, elected to not back Carlos Cordero. And I think the thought was that it was not Carlos Cordero's time to run in whatever sort of political machinations there are going on behind the scenes. So Cordero ended up being sort of a pseudo-reform candidate in that he was coming from the establishment, but he was also not supported by that establishment. Um, so, so, you know, the, the man's the, went out on a limb for this we, shit. We were left, we were left wondering what was really going mm-hmm. on and what this guy was going to bring. Mm-hmm. And that occurred, uh, that election occurred around, um, uh, January of uh, last winter. And since then, very little has actually happened, which is incredibly disappointing, at least from a public, uh, facing perspective. So we can only hope that behind the scenes, there's all sorts of cool new shit going in, into place. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple sort of highlights of what has happened in this sort of head start time that we had going into the World Cup. Can I, okay? can I start with a big one? Please. We got the 2026 20, World Cup. Yes. Okay. Big so deal. I'll get there. I'll get there. So, okay. so uh, prior finish. to that, I'm going to, I'll go roughly in chronological order. Okay, U.S. Cool. Soccer uh, hired a um, d- chief diversity officer, if I remember the wording correctly, but a person who is in charge of expanding our uh, our you know global reach and of reaching all Americans wherever they're born and whatever culture they're from. Excellent. Uh, which is a good thing. The there was a uh, a new resolution passed. Sh- I think it was shortly before the election, actually which established a general manager position, both for the men's and women's national teams. And the general manager position is intended to be a long-term sort of stable guiding hand around the entire process of running the national team that is separate from the head coach. But it's not a, it's not a technical director role where you're overseeing all of U.S. soccer and all of its programming. You're just looking after the U.S. men's national team or the U.S. women's national team. That role has been filled for the men in uh, Ernie Stewart, who was the former GM at um, Philadelphia Union. He uh, was also the GM at Azad Alkmaar. He's a, a Dutch-American who played for the Nats in the, in the 90s. Legend. Nice. 
Um, cool. So I, all in all, a, a good fit. Uh, a, a candidate, I think, has has a lot to, to offer to a role like that. Uh, the, the equivalent role on the women's side has not yet been filled. There was speculation as to whether uh, this this um, GM would want to hire a coach right away before the World Cup or whether they would wait until after the World Cup. There has not been a head coach hire. Uh, so, shortly uh, before after the, the World, World Cup, Cup on that one, I suppose. <laughs> yes, we'll get there. So after, shortly before the World Cup, uh, in fact, the day before the 2018 World Cup started, the election took place that to, to uh, confirm the U.S., Mexico, and Canada as hosts of the 2026 World Cup, which was perhaps the biggest and most important um, uh, sort of thing that was on the table. Uh, even even compared to the U.S. qualifying for the World Cup is is hosting uh, this this 2026 World Cup. So and that was a, a big victory. And a big deal as well um, because Carlos Cordero was very explicit about that being a priority for him. So if that correct. were Correct. And he was, he was stumping for it. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, if I recall, uh, Sunil was still the head of the bid committee. Um, don't quote me on that. Wouldn't be the first... Uh, false piece of information I've given out on this show. <laughs> my, my understanding is that Sunil was still not only actively involved, but still, you know, leading the charge. Uh, and then also working in the, um, executive committee, obviously to, to pull the, the requisite, uh, strings behind the scenes to, to help make right. these things happen. Not saying anything untoward. I'm just saying that's how political things work. Um, so, so anyway, the U S did manage to win this, this world cup, and coming out of the, the 2018 World Cup, the speculation was that the U.S. would attempt to hire perhaps a coach who, you know, did well with the national team uh, who moved on, perhaps a coach who did well with the national team who we would have to court, perhaps would hire from within, you know, looking at the options that are available for the next head coach role and decide to, to hire more of a domestic option instead. Um, none of that has happened. So we have Ernie Stewart as the general manager, and we have no head coach and very little by way of a rumor mill. Uh, I heard one, you know, one source mention that that Louis Van Hall had been approached and and said no. <laughs> nice. Um, there were there were several unsubstantiated, you know, reports or, or rumors around Jesse Marsh, the the Red Bulls coach. I'd be down. Uh, but he has gone to Abe Leipzig as an assistant coach. Yeah, he's uh, working his way the, up the pipeline there. Yeah, so he, he it looks like his he, he's going to be focusing on his club career for the time being, which leaves um, you know a couple domestic based candidates, all of whom are kind of flawed in some way, um, and uh, no no kind of clear front runner. Um, I would say if if you were to look for odds, probably the 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 best. Uh, 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 the the shortest odds would be on Juan Carlos Osorio. Uh, the the Yeesh. current coach of the of the Mexican national team who not down by know, the way I'm not down I'm also not down and and well and that brings me to you know okay so that's a quick little recap for those of you who are just kind of catching up or maybe you've forgotten all of this in the in your um, post World Cup stupor you've been you know <laughs> sleep sleeping it off sixteen hours a day like me uh, snap back to reality what what do you Clayton Clayton what do you want in your U.S. men's national team head coach, and do you have anyone who you you could cast your eye on, either from the World Cup or separately, who you would want to kind of put on the table for that role? I would like somebody who is who ex, who exhibits 
a an ability to go with the program for a little while. I think uh, you know. I think what I've liked about the Dave Sarakin era, the nebulous coach that was never a coach era, is that formless these, man. These these kids on this team and uh, the Tab Ramos DNA uh, that that just kind of exists in in these youth camps. Um, it it just it kind of uh, dictated itself a little bit. So I'm looking for a guiding hand rather than a visionary in the coach, which is why I'm not that into uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, a genius, total mastermind, visionary type of guy. Uh, but I just think, you know, he's going to come in and Osorio, and we just need someone to to kind of to polish what we've already got going on and, and nurture these kids for a couple years. It may not even be a World Cup coach. We may bring in another coach in two years or something like that to take us through the tournament. I just think we need a, 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 a steady guiding hand. What do you, what do you, maybe I that's too conservative. Totally Reach out to us I at totally WTP pod. Who, what do you think we need in a coach? Well, when I, when I uh, think through this, I think through the ways that national teams have had success with their coach, which are, which are diverse. You know, you have your, uh, your situations like the, the Croatian coach, Zlatko Dalic, who came in, um, you know, maybe three games from the end of qualifying, if I recall, and guided the team to a historic uh, result in the World Cup. Granted, they had plenty of good luck. Um, then on the other end of the spectrum, you have guys like uh, Yogi Love, who was sort of groomed and, and brought through the system, actually by a certain uh, <laughs> a certain former U.S. men's national team head coach uh, who was in charge of Germany, who handed the reins off to a prepared and integrated Yogi Love whose efforts resulted in, let's see, two relatively successful World Cups. So it was a semifinal and then winning the World Cup. Uh, and then finally, one unsuccessful World Cup where uh, you could see the, the, the rust start to show yeah. on, on Yogi's methods. Looks like it's time for a change, but it is pretty cool how they, how they seem to have created Yogi Love in like a, a vacuum, you know, like yeah. some sort of a test chamber. They right. Just, Speaking just, of uh, Doctor Evil, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. The, he's the Scott of of world football. Yeah, it's it, also it, it is it is a uh, it's it's <laughs> instructive because I think there are there are plenty of ways to do it. I would say the ways that you know smaller teams, quote unquote, have punched above their weight the most in recent times mm-hmm. is by hiring some of these like small team specialists, um, like Carlos Carosh is a is a minor example of that. Uh, another the 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 all time the goat of this role is Gus Hiddink, who hmm. who has piloted several lower tier national teams to to fight above you know punch above their weight by going after realizing certain things about the psychology or the culture of the uh, soccer nation and and correcting it or, or altering it, um, and so that's that's an option. But for me. I think that we need to be in the mindset of being a budding power, not a not country a, yeah. that needs to punch above its weight, right? So, yeah. I would prefer, I, I, as I, as as you said, somebody who will grasp the tab concept and execute it ideally. Um, which you know, I, I have to say, tab is a pretty decent uh, <laughs> candidate for for doing that. For given that he inhabits the same. 
uh, <laughs> mental space as yes. Tab's concepts. I wonder who would um, understand Tab best. Yeah, who could understand that the best? Mm. Uh, he 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 would be a perfect choice, in my opinion. A, a former U.S. national teamer, someone who's yeah. worked with a lot of these kids at at under twenty level. You think he's time? Because I I, I think without a doubt there is a Tab Ramos head coach of the Nats era at some point. My the question for me is: Is it now? Is it or is it too soon? I oh. think Tab is a little bit of our Yergi Love. You know, he's like he not not only a, that, but he's also a legendary player for the Nats themselves. But he, you know, he just is like as a coach. It, you know, where this guy maybe it, it is as if he has been nurturing the Nats for so long, but sure. perhaps the Nats have been nurturing him as a coach. And maybe, you know, maybe there's a better time than now to bring him in such as the next cycle towards 2026. Maybe. Um, yeah, I guess you run the risk that like, uh, for whatever reason it doesn't go well. And then you're in the situation where maybe you, you blew your best chance at having a great yeah, tab we, led we would have blown our tab load yeah <laughs> i'll just leave that there <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know i feel like it's worth it uh, i think the the 2020 olympic team as we have said many times is is has to be the priority because the i i would say i can see a world where the the olympic team were we to qualify has eight of the World Cup starters, you know, m- more than six World Cup starters in it, given the sure. the relative ages sure. of our player pool. And then yeah. from that group, maybe three or four make it to 2026. I'm going to go three. So what it. we're trying to do with that with that Olympic team is is develop that chemistry in a tournament setting. And I think Tab would be absolutely excellent at, at coaching a team, not only through qualifying for that tournament, but but to succeed in that tournament. Um, and I, I just think, you know, when it comes to the, the head coach of the U.S. national team, I just want them to stick steadfastly to the idea, you know, come up with a good idea and just just stick to it and stop messing with it. Yeah, and, and that's, just the, that's the whole idea with the Ernie Stewart thing. Have some, thing. some internal consistency to the way that these decisions are made. Just please, please. Yeah, internal when, consistency is crucial, but definitely not internal consistency when it comes to complacency which we seem to have some of it up there sure but, yeah i guess you know, that's yeah that's like that's the big downside the right? idea of the whole ernie stewart thing is you can have coach yeah. after coach after coach but you have this one overarching guiding hand trying to build right, something right. which is why i'm starting to so think now to, to throw it like, out there a, a freakonomics-esque idea has come to me okay let's hear it which is to not have a head coach per se but to have a group Maybe maybe two or three head coaches who operate collectively to uh, to coordinate all of these different sub goals that the U.S. has. This is just just formulating this idea. But how about a coach who's going to coach the home games, a coach who's going to coach the away games, maybe a coach who is dedicated to the Olympic team. So it's like during the Olympics, that coach is the head coach and then the other two are the assistants. But during an away World Cup qualifier, the other guy is the head coach or gal. Who knows? I'll take Jill Ellis. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we. I, I wonder if, if there could be a, an NFL style like offensive and defensive coordinators. Fuck, dude, I, I, this is insane. Wait, how come In nobody has game. done this yet? 
an offensive coordinator for soccer is such a great idea. <laughs> yeah, we can have we can you know we can have uh, we can bring in someone specific to get that back line in order. Right, right, exactly. To call the plays. So yeah, we've yeah, also we've also and and we could do a try. It could be a trial period as well. So maybe you know. Maybe you say you only want one head coach at a time per game. Uh, so then you you bring in three. You you give them a trial run with the same equal tests or equal amount of games to test them out. We say we do that for two years, and we have these three people in for two years. And then at the end of that two years, we choose one of them, and they carry us through to the World Cup. Crazy, but. Why not? I mean, Iceland went to the World Cup with one seasoned professional outsider coach and a local dentist. We need the El Sueño, so dog. Why, why can't we? Why can't we? Let's mix it up a little bit. I, yeah. I like this idea. Yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I think we're kind of joking. We're half joking. But what I would want to say is we should think differently about the way that this role works because... So many nations are in this cycle of basically playing roulette, you know, every every four years. And a lot of the time the, the coach doesn't even last all the way through qualification and you can fail in qualification. And there's all these things that, that go wrong with all these coaches. So it feels like a, a maybe a different approach is merited where maybe the, the model of having, you know, some um, what's the term uh, like a like a Svengali come in and, and fix everything that's wrong with the program really isn't where we need to be. So I think we have one piece of it, which is like that, that the idea that Ernie Stewart is going to be in charge come hell or high water, at least through this world cup. I mean, if we miss the world cup, then you got to let go, let him go. But if assuming we make the world cup, then he's going to be around for, for these eight years leading up into the, the 2026 tournament. So we have to find what's going to be the best sort of method of, of making sure those ideas are translated well and getting the best out of individual people in all of the weird situations that, that we have and with all of the different kinds of personalities we have. Like I, I think the era of having a Bruce Arena who alienates the European players or a Jurgen Klinsmann who alienates the MLS players is oh yeah is, that is, shit's, is bad. That and, shit's and we done. Can't, We're done we with can't that. operate in that manner anymore. So no. I think, I think it, it's definitely worth some sort of we innovative to... thinking, you know, however that plays out. Yeah, we just need to slowly build on this and build on this consistency that really starts with Sunil and that like 1990 team and just continue to build that long term uh, consistency and the ability to like see our goals out to the end as a mature group, as a mature group mind here with this with this Nats team. Um, But and, and, and I think we will. It's inevitably even if Ernie Stewart, you know, shits the bed and we fucking go go out in the hex um that you know we'll we'll get a new guy but the fact that that position is there is is important and it's a change and uh yeah we're kind of joking about three coaches but we're really kind of not if you guys have been with us you know that that's that's <laughs> like par, like step for step par for the course with the type of shit we're gonna throw out well at if you. there's if there's one thing in uh one carlos osorio's favor it's that he clearly listens to the show because we we went on and on about using Clint Dempsey as a super starter, so not true. a super sub. So true. And then Juan Carlos did it in the World Cup with Rafa Marquez. So in addition to our T-shirts being a direct prophecy of <laughs> Michael Bradley's goal at Azteca, look it up. Let's be clear. Uh, prophecy, not reference. We made the yeah, shirt yeah, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was... 
pre pre facto, <laughs> ex pre facto. Okay, so Y'all. awesome. So we we've we've nailed it about so many things, including the super starter, and so we know that Juan Carlos is a smart, savvy, good-looking fan <laughs> of the U.S. men's national team because he clearly listens to this show. So anybody who who if he does get appointed, you know, WTP faithful, you the people know that it's one of us up there. It is. The That's, this is true. This is true. There's a, there's an odd. There's an odd uh, uh, disparity there where I, you know, I'm asking for like a, a steady hand, and yet I myself would be far, far, far from that. I'd be, I'd be up there trying shit out like, like crazy. Um, Ty, yes, let's, let's not have you be that. that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely not me. Someone else. Someone else. Uh, I'll be the ball boy. Get the waters. You know, shit like that. Um, I'll stretch out. I'll stretch out Polisic's calves. His, yeah, his anybody cramping? Who's cramping? Calves. <laughs> uh, let's look forward a little bit. Anything this week that uh, folks should kind of have on their radar? Uh, you know, if if they if they maybe want to see a baby gnat on the screens or uh, yes, yes, some, indeed, some such uh, thing. This Sunday is the German Super Cup. The Super Cup, in which let's see, I don't even know who Bayern will play because they won. I think they won the cup and the league. So that's a that's awkward. Bayern plays So someone's going to be playing Bayern. Bayern Cup. And um and your boy Chris Richards could could actually be a part of the game. It's it's been coming he's been getting shouted out by by like leadership there and really? all sorts of shit's happening. So our our little fishy is uh fully fully swimming in the big pond and and we will see maybe maybe a little bit of first team time this weekend. I'd be incredibly excited. Uh, and then um, the the championship, uh, the lower leagues in England kicked off last weekend. Those will continue. I believe the Premier League starts this weekend. We don't have a ton of Yanks in the Premier League, but a handful, smattering. Um, and Smattered. we've got we've got these uh, these super cupity cup charity shield cup games to look forward to. And then the the start of the the. Uh, Two Bundesliga, I think, is this weekend. So it's it's all it's all happening. It's popping off. The soccer world is kicking back into gear after this semi hiatus, World Cup year hiatus, and it it's an incredibly exciting time. Lots of young Yanks to uh, to to enjoy the play of and and monitor uh, over the next couple months. And the and the Yanks have matches coming up. Yeah, what are those, uh, man? What matches? September seventh in. New Jersey versus Brazil. Brazil. September eleventh, a meaningful date in Tennessee against Mexico. Oh. Will it be Juan Carlos versus his former team? We shall see. And we will discuss all on We the People. So stay with us. Will Juan Carlos it's a great time to, be, re- to become a fan. It's a good time to rededicate your life. You know, we used to do a lot of these uh you know, church, church events, things like that. People are always rededicating their lives to Jesus. So rededicate your, your soccer fandom to the Nats. When people get remarried 20 years in, cause their first wedding wasn't that good. It's a vow renewal. Yeah, Yeah, let's do this thing. Let's fucking do this thing. Folks, the, the, the Till death do us part, Nats. Large and dependable gears of the behemoth that is the soccer universe are beginning to move once again. Uh, we're back in that time of year. It's going to be 
it's it's gonna be a feast for my eyes personally i i even though we had the world cup i can't seem to ever be satisfied it's it's a it's an addiction that has that is truly bottomless so there is no cure there is no for cure. world cup fever so so we're gonna need some more games it just goes into remission <laughs> yeah that's right Here's oh, i've got but the no fever cures. bad oh baby oh. Uh, folks, stick with us. Reach out to us at WTP Pod if you have any thoughts here. If you're watching the game and you, you know you want to you want to tell us a little bit more about Chris Richards, we'd like that. Um, I I like it quite a bit uh, when when I um, double stock on or even triple stock uh, for sure on all betting all parts of the whole betting scenario. Talking about pillowcases slip covers, you know, comforters. I want to have a bunch of those so I can mixity match and uh, wash them when I want to wash them, you know. I I have some flexibility, some freedom. Customize. I can customize like a Beyblade. Goes Superman and Legos. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I want it to match my pajays. Uh, (laughs) I I like it (laughs) quite a bit when uh, I get a, a random hello from someone on the street. Uh, it's really nice, and uh, I love it when they put uh, lavender and stuff that I hadn't thought to put lavender in yet already. When I'm when I'm when I'm presented with a new use of lavender, one of my that's one of the highlights of my life. But truly, I don't love any of that shit. Not even close to as much as I love the gnats. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Everybody knows that that your duvet cover has Mr. Pulisic on it, right? <laughs> yeah, but I have one with Weston. Uh, that's you have one with Weston. I ha- and, and I and you know I'm sw- I'm, I find myself you know rocking the Weston comforter a lot recently. I don't know, man. I, I know it's it's a weird place to be. Look, fandom the is Weston comforter. <laughs> it might it feels a little more safe long term. <laughs> And the Pulisic comforter. It's just, it's just dependable, Funny, like, yeah. for the, you know, when yeah. it gets cold and shit in the winter, it's just right. there. Like, there the Pulisic comforter is expensive, but might not work out. Yeah, when I like got the Pulisic comforter, it was literally my only comforter. I t- so, I loved it, of course. Your only top-level comforter. But, yeah, my only yeah, good comforter. Yeah. yeah. Worth having. Right. <laughs> it's good to have, too. 